your support today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com. power. 
to give one man the power to make a treaty, even to give one man by the confirmation of the Senate and Congress. That's still too much power. And the Bible tells us not to give men that much power. But the last thing was he was to do nothing to return you to the bondage of Egypt. In the bondage of Egypt, all the gold and silver that you had any right to was uh, in the treasury of the Pharaoh, and he had control and authority over it. This is the way it was in Egypt. Also, in the bondage of Egypt, you had a title to land in Goshen, but you didn't actually have a right to the milk and honey, the beneficial interest of that land. You had what we would call today a legal title. If you don't know what that means, look it up in the Covenants of the Gods, legal title. It will give you the definition right out of the Law Dictionary. It should be shocking to you, and I hope it does shock you, shock you into an awareness that you have gone into bondage. People want to know how to be free today. They think the government is a serving authority that isn't is, uh, doesn't belong to the government. The reality is that you have gone into bondage. It's not usurpation if you have made an agreement. You say, I wear it as a full disclosure. They wrote it down. They explain it. If a, if an ignorant sheep herder in the desert can figure this out, you could have figured it out. But if you want to believe that it's everybody else's fault and not yours, I probably can't help you. If you want to blame, people go into court and tell the judge, you have to let me go because you guys committed fraud. Is that a strategy or what? If he lets you go, he's admitting fraud. Do you expect that kind of humility from a federal or a state judge? That is really stupid strategy. I'm, I'm using stupid here to shake you up and wake you up that the solution is exactly what Christ said it was. The solution is exactly what Moses said it was. And it's exactly what Abraham was doing. In the, in the book, Thy Kingdom Comes, we tell you what they were doing. And if you read the footnotes, you can check it out. And you show me that that's not what they were doing. You give me a logical, reasonable, historically accurate argument that that's not what they were doing. Don't tell me that's not... That can't be true because I didn't believe that before you did. That's not a viable argument. The Bible is telling you how to be a free people and stay a free people. The eschatologies and theologies about the Bible are not telling you that for the most part from what I've seen. I mean, I'm looking, but I have not seen a single religion today, a single denomination today, and not really very many non-denominational groups that are honestly telling you how to be a free people under God. Are men the property of the state, or are they free souls under God? This battle continues throughout the world today. Cease to beat them out in the movie Moses. There's the question. Where's the answer? Is it by pointing fingers at everybody else who's done something wrong? I got it. They did something wrong. Isn't that exactly what Adam did? It's not my fault, God. It's the woman you gave me. She tempted me. Get responsible. Take the blame. Say your story. Repent. Turn around. Let's go the other way. Okay. So let's get over all that nonsense. Let's get back to the straight way. Take responsibility for whatever you've done wrong, and let's start doing what's right. So what's right? You have to love God, a giver of life, a doer, a, a shaker, a mover. You have to love that. You have to be a doer, too. You can't sit on an email group. You can't sit there and just listen to the radio and say, oh, yeah, that guy's got some good ideas. you got to actually be a doer. Now, what are you going to be doing? You have to be a giver of life. And the truth gives us life. It sets us free. So you have to help spread the truth, too. You have to try to find other people who will hear this message as much as you wanted to hear it. 
Okay, that means you're going to have to network together. You're going to have to work as a team. We offer you a way in doing that. If you can show me a better way, okay, let's do that. We don't restrict you from going on any other email group. Some people complain that our email groups are too generic, too black and white. They want to be able to see everybody on the group. They want to be able to get everybody on the group's email. Why? Most of the time they just want to create their own little group and they want to use our group to mine it to get contacts so they can go off and create their own little isolated group. That's not kingdom thinking. That may be congregationalism, but it's not kingdom thinking. You have to care about your next congregation as much as you care about your own. Some people say, oh, I don't emphasize the Bible enough. Poppycock. I quote it in every single book, almost on every single page. I consistently use the King James Bible. Why? Because it's the best translation out there? No. It's just the most prominent and it's got more concordances that reference it. Is it screwed up? Oh, I mean, they've meddled with it, meddled with it. And you can't translate one word 20 different ways and not have affected the way in which people are going to read the Bible. But the real problem with the Bible is not the translation. It's your ministers and you. I say ministers because I'm a minister, and so therefore I pick on ministers. But the fact is it really comes down to you because you believe you're a minister instead of looking at that. Because you're still gullible. And you're still blaming everything on everybody else. Stop doing that. Let's get over that. Let's start taking the, our responsibilities back for our mistakes and for the fact that we were deceived and deceivable to begin with. Let's start doing something about the problem, which is us. Okay, what do we do? Start caring. Start networking with others. It's really hard to network with others because some people are so obnoxious. Some people are so stupid. Some people are so selfish. Of course, you're not, right? No, the fact is, is that we all have those elements in us. We all can be foolish. We can all be a little stupid at times. We can all be a little selfish at times. And some of us can be really selfish at times. But that gives us an opportunity to forgive so that we may be forgiven. I mean, God wants to forgive us, but he says, if you don't forgive, neither will I forgive you. So you got to learn that forgiveness thing. And you're only going to learn that if you get out there and rub shoulders with other people who are going to step on your toes. You need to form networks. You need to have congregations. We don't tell anybody to leave their local congregation and whatever church or denomination they are, no matter how screwed up it is. But if you're seeking the kingdom, if you're seeking the truth, if you're seeking the righteousness of God, they will kick you out in most cases. Eventually they will kick you out. But then maybe you'll find another soul there before you leave. Maybe you'll touch somebody's heart before you leave. Your problems are, are you now, if, if you decide you want to leave those congregations, that's fine. But let's start forming real congregations. So that's what we're going to talk about today and on Talk Shoe after the show is we're going to be answering questions about why you form the congregations in a particular fashion. Well, we we formed the, the, a shadow of this on the Internet in the Living Network where you pick a contact minister. And that contact minister, he should be a good contact minister. If he's not, pick another one. If, if you can't find anyone who is as good as you want him to be, then volunteer to become one. And help people stay in contact. Help people become a part of a living network. That's very important. And, and those that of you are on the living network, let's not inundate people with all kinds of emails. Let's focus on the purpose of the network. Let's focus on the purpose of connecting us with other people. Leave your personal eschatologies at home, your personal theologies at home. When you get with a guy and you're sitting there with eating, drinking coffee, talk, let's talk about that. But basically, the church was established by Jesus Christ when he took the kingdom away from the Pharisees and appointed it to his apostles who were ambassadors, who were really the princes of the kingdom. 
but they didn't exercise authority. So when you say that, oh, you mean that Peter and them were princes of the kingdom? Well, that's ridiculous. Only Jesus is king. Well, of course only Jesus is king. They've already admitted that. These are the ones that say there is another king. But they're still princes of the kingdom. They're still the uh, officers of the kingdom. They're still the ministers of a kingdom. Rightly dividing the word and the bread from house to house, setting up a, a system by which they take care of... Do your churches take care of the widows and orphans and needy of your society? No. Oh, they help out a little bit, a little token here and there. But in reality, they're out there fornicating with the world. Most of the people in their church are getting all their benefits from the world. Don't you want to be exempted from the systems being set up by the socialist states in your own country? Why would they exempt you? You get free education? You get free health care? Are you supplying these things for yourself? No, you haven't been. So what was Pentecost? If you got the baptism of Jesus Christ, you were kicked out of the system of welfare set up by the Pharisees and before uh, the Pharisees, or not before the Pharisees, but for those particular Pharisees, by Herod. You were baptized into their system of Social Security, their Corbin, the Corbin of the Pharisees that made the Word of God to none effect because it took away the opportunity of having a free will choice as to what you give. This is exactly what Cain did. This is exactly what Nimrod did. They set up systems where they compelled the offerings of the people. You don't want to do that. You want to set up systems whereby you love one another. You have to take care of one another. That's the faith, hope, and charity, the perfect law of liberty. So we tell you how to form these congregations. Two or more people, according to the character of Christ, pick a third person to be their contact minister, their physical minister, the individual who's going to watch after them. Now, if there's only two of you, that would be pretty easy. That's the buddy system. But the idea is to get... Three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten families together in one congregation. That's the goal. Ten families. That could be representing a hundred people. Because a family would be the eldest father, all of his married and unmarried sons, and his unmarried daughters, and all the children of that those families. That could be a hundred people by itself. That's one family. And the elder is the grandfather. And when he loses his capacity or dies to be an elder, he passes it on to his son. And they become the elders of their own family. And then suddenly you have, you could have suddenly go from 10 families to 20 families in a congregation. You divide the congregation up into 10 families and pick another minister. Why? Because it's too much for a minister to do. You don't sever the bonds. The bonds are love. The numerical division is just a way in which you can practice that love in a practical way. If you love each other in that congregation as much as you love yourself, you're going to love the next congregation. So you're going to want that minister to get together with nine other ministers like himself and help connect you with those other congregations to keep you in touch with their needs and if they have needs beyond their ability to pay and help then your congregation comes in now people are uh, there were several different places where they had this uh, uh, deal with uh, Obamacare and everybody's worried about that and of course all Obamacare is just a magnification of the, the road you've already gone down not a new road. It's just a magnification of the same old road you're already in. An organization, members of which share a common set 
of ethical or religious belief and share medical expenses among their members with those beliefs are automatically exempted from Obamacare. They understand the kingdom better than you do. You think you're in a congregation because you filled out a few papers? No. That's not a congregation in good standing. That is simply marking the corners of your garden and saying, this is our garden plot here. And now you've got to plant seeds. Now you've got to hold the ground. Now you've got to pull out the weeds carefully so that you don't pull out. You know, we're not talking a wheat field here. We're talking a garden. You have to do that in order to be a congregation of record. Just to pound the stakes in the corner, don't make it a garden. You have to go out and plant the seeds and nurture them and water them and protect them and care for them. That's a congregation of records. That's what you need to do, but you need to do it. You don't need me nagging you to do it. You need to do it. It's simple. It's Christianity. It's following Christ. It's doing things in the name according to the character of Christ. And it's a long road from doing that to what we've been doing. You can't. I can find you all kinds of guys who want to be out of the system of the world, but who wants to be in the system of God? The world explains the system of God better than most of the churches. That's section 1501. Uh, section B of HR 35 they explain that in Obamacare full disclosure they're telling you about the kingdom of God you don't have to have the kingdom of Nimrod if you have the kingdom of God working in your life everybody who got the baptism of Jesus Christ was cast out of the system of social security that brought the citizens of Judea back into the bondage of Egypt. Now they had ministers appointed by Christ and, a, and a recognized by them by the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Twelve apostles, 120 in the upper room, thousands of people getting baptized on a single day, thousands more on the next day. What were those people doing? They no longer had a social welfare system. What they did was they organized themselves into the tens, hundreds, and thousands. And where's my proof of this? Read the book, Thy Kingdom Come. Everywhere you went in Europe, you found the tens, hundreds, and thousands. Germany, Gaul, Italy, England. For a thousand years, that's how people organized themselves. What happened? They forgot about the next congregation after a while, or at least the next village or next valley. And eventually they kept forgetting about that. Why? Because they weren't having the feats that they once had in the same way. They're having their local little uh, Oktoberfest, but they weren't thinking kingdom. And when the rulers of the world began to understand how they could mass big armies and bring them into play with the uh, Crusades, they simply turned those armies on their local valleys and destroyed tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, millions of people and propagated a false religion, a false Christianity. And your Reformation did not bring you back to the true Christianity. It brought you to a thousand eschatology. We don't want to bring you eschatology. We want to bring you Christ. Hear it first on FirstAmendmentRadio.com and FirstAmendmentRadio.net, around the world and on satellite.
Since the beginning of time, kings have sought it, nations have fought for it, it has been traded, it has been borrowed, it has been purchased, it has been stolen, there's a reason for it. To secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and to our posterity, invest with the security of gold and silver. Call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188 or visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net. Listen to Financial Survival with your host, Melody Cedarstrom and regular guest, world-renowned economist Robert Chapman, right here on FirstAmendmentRadio.com at 4 p.m. Eastern or 1 p.m. Pacific Time. Visit DiscountGoldAndSilverTrading.net or call Discount Gold and Silver Trading at 1-800-375-4188. Toll free, 1-800-375-4188. Now listen to me. The Bible says, Render unto Caesar that which is Caesar's. I want you to know that a corporation is Caesar. Government takeover, the most powerful tool we have for waking up those asleep in the pews. The scripture calls for his people to come out of her. The corporate church is the apostate church, the whore that rides the beast. Get this DVD for a donation of $25 from FirstAmendmentRadio.com. Make copies and give them away to your corporate church friends and loved ones. The truth will make them free. They will watch the DVD, Government Takeover of the Church. Order online today at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call 559-781-3773. Who will tell them if not you? Hi, Nicholas here. I used to lug those big jugs to the market to fill with water from those coin-operated filter machines. 25 cents a gallon or 5 gallons for a buck. I used to. Then I got the big Berkey. Now I save my back and hundreds of dollars too. I was paying $600 for the same 3,000 gallons of water that a pair of black Berkey filters will provide from my own tap for only $99. This means that your Berkey water system will entirely pay for itself with only 1,500 gallons of use. And then you will still have 1,500 gallons left before you need to replace the filters. Do the math. Stop throwing your money away on bottled water and filter dispensers that may or may not be delivering as promised. For a limited time, First Amendment Radio is offering 10% off on the most popular Berkey water systems. Visit the shopping page at FirstAmendmentRadio.com or call us at 559-781-3773 for more information. Leave your name and address and we'll send you this special offer. Do it now. First Amendment Radio is an authorized distributor of Berkey products. Welcome back to Keys of the Kingdom. If you're uh, listening to this either as a recording eventually or uh, uh, live on First Amendment Radio, we cannot recommend more that you join the Living Network, that you try to connect with people in your local community. Uh, This is going to, we have a network that can reach all over the world now. You just go to the hisoldchurch.org, you click on the uh, little guy with the net up at the top, and you find a local network in your state, and you try to connect up. And if you're not going to have the energy or enthusiasm to connect up, then you're probably not suitable for the kingdom anyway. Because the purpose of connecting is what? To save you? Well, to help save others. If you've got something to offer, you should join up so that you can offer it. But don't come trying to force your eschatologies down other people's throats. Come as equals uh, with your ideas and listen to their ideas and share these ideas. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. If there isn't righteousness in what you have to offer then it's probably not going to be accepted by those who are seeking righteousness. You know, don't be so in love with your eschatology and your theology. Be in love with Christ. And Christ came being very specific about what he considered to be the weightier matters. And most of you haven't been attending to that in any way, shape, or form. We gave you the example of the Samaritans. We're going to send out another Dear Network message. Uh, we, we have one already prepared, which you can read online under the Dear Network messages. It's uh, 
uh, Dear Network, and it's on uh, the bonds of freedom, and those bonds of freedom are love. They're not contracts. It didn't say you had to have a contract to be exempted from that health care. And you think that health care is a big thing? There's so many other layers to this, and we all go into them again in the covenants of the gods. In order to undo those layers, you have to create an alternative, a substitute. You can sure you can run down the plank and jump into the water and start swimming to shore. But that uh, you could have done that at the Titanic. Hey, you know, jump overboard, start swimming. You wouldn't have lasted long. You could have been one of those guys who dressed up like a woman and got on board uh, the uh, lifeboat because it was women and children first. There's a little bit more integrity there. I see so many people trying to get out of the system, but they're not doing women and children first. They're just, I'm there, I'm out of the system. I filed my papers. I'm free. What about your children? How many of you are thinking about your children first? You're better off you staying in the system and keeping your children out. Don't sell your children into slavery. Keep them free. There's your treasure. There's a spirit that's more like Christ. Christ was willing to be crucified, to go into the grave, set you free. And then I hear these guys saying, well, I'm free. Moses didn't take people to the edge of the desert one at a time and say, run for it, you're free. He brought people together and bound them by faith, hope, and charity through hard times. You haven't got to the hard times yet. This is the day that that one fellow was saying was going to be the end of the world. And like I said uh, on Blog Talk, uh, one fellow wrote this morning and says, well, okay, so far. But actually the guys revised it. This is the day that Christ is coming. Uh, the end of the world not till October 21st, I think it is, which will be just shortly after our... Uh, a, uh, our uh, fall feast I mean a fall feast in October end of September people can come and we can try to make this a, a bigger deal we've got plenty of room to camp and uh, anyway we're hoping that uh, as many come as possible uh, there's going to be a number of people that are putting together a Pentecost in different areas because this is our drive to form as many congregations of record as we can by Pentecost and, and this Pentecost is one, but the next one could be a lot more exciting, but you have to start somewhere. And this is what Jesus was doing for years, three years. And he was, and of course before him, John the Baptist had been setting the stage. And that's what I've kind of been lately is a voice of one crying in the wilderness, showing you what the stage is. And that's why we offer you these books, The Covenants of the Gods, Thy Kingdom Come, the Free Church Report, Higher Liberty, Contracts, Covenants, and Constitutions, and I'd like to get the other two finished this summer because you need them. Actually, what you need is Christ, but these books help clear the cobwebs out. And you can read them all online for free. You don't have to send me any money. If you want to support this ministry, you can go ahead and support this ministry, but that's we're not charging for entrance to any of our talks. Uh, th those bills were footed by the individuals who set them up. Some of them paid some good money in order to have a uh, nice place to meet, but a lot of uh, people didn't show up. Why? Because and there isn't enough people that are laboring for the kingdom. Now, we're, we're young. We've only started this network a little while ago. It's growing slowly, but it's growing. And there will come a time when that momentum will increase. Hard times, like we said, floods everywhere in this country, except where there are extreme droughts. Uh, there are huge numbers, thousands upon thousands, tens of thousands of acres that are not getting planted that should have been planted weeks ago. We, we may have more hailstorms, more windstorms that will destroy crops as well. And there's not much food in the pipeline. And this is not solar mass yet. 800 tornadoes touched down while we were on the whirlwind tour. It's huge, huge numbers. 600% more rainfall in Minnesota than normally they get at that time of year six times the rainfall. That's not just a 20% increase, a 
almost a 600% increase. And the year's not over. It's not the end of the world, but it may be the end of the system of things. Now we're going to enter into the system of the Holy Spirit. Or you may not be around. You need to start learning what Christ was actually talking about and actually doing it. Because the gods that you have chosen to be the benefactors of your society are going to let you down. So you have to find the other people that are willing to do what Christ said. And that's what the network is about. And that means you have to get on that living network and say, who can be my contact minister? And hopefully a couple people will step forward. You have to step forward and send an email to that group and say, I would like to be a contact minister, if that's what you want to do. And get somebody to, and this is what I offer. This is where I'm located. You don't have to give them your home address and phone number. They can email you straight on that group. And then, you know, you can start setting yourself aside. You can send them your email then and say, hey, let's get together. Let's, let's find people in our area. Let's, let's make more noise. And let's be voices of, of many crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. All you, that, the system of the Good Samaritans, what is it, 15,000 people? They take care of all their medical bills. And the fact is, is if you had the knowledge and the spirit that we already see living in this network, we could decrease, decrease those medical bills by 100, 200%. But all you need is people who are willing to care about each other. I mean, we've seen instantaneous healing. We've, we've come across all kinds of alternatives that have improved the wellness. You know, I had uh, uh, a rotor cuff that uh, tore loose in a working accident, and I couldn't I couldn't raise my hand above my head. I couldn't raise it up to my head <laughs> for almost a year. And then I said, oh, "It's not healing on its own." It's, you know, I mean, it was extremely painful. And a year later, you know, after praying about it and, and figuring out oh, what I need, what I needed to do. And then God ran out and met me after the other way and healed it completely. Completely. I can raise, I had no pain whatsoever, raise it up above my head, and I, I actually need to give God more forgiveness uh, and thanks. Giving. And how do you give God forgiveness? Is you forgive others so that you may be forgiven and healed. You know, I had tendonitis in my wrist, for, uh, so I couldn't even pick up a hammer so bad. I mean, it was it was terrible. It was really getting hard to make a living. It was getting pretty good with my left hand. But if that went, I'd really be in trouble. Uh, and the reason I mentioned the rotor cuff is I have a neighbor who went and got surgery. Well, he's in the hospital now. Back in the hospital because of an infection and the surgery. I've known one guy after another went and got the surgery and ended up with problems in the other shoulder. I don't have problems in either shoulder now. There are solutions that are cheap and free and alternatives and God's healing will come in it because you've taken a step in another direction. Can you imagine being 15,000 people in congregations that cared about each other? You would come up with so many alternative solutions to these problems. Gallbladder problems solved because somebody in the church showed me a, a way to solve the problem without a $7,000 operation, without a $1,000 operation, with actually no cost to me whatsoever. It's actually cheaper the few days that it took me to get rid of the gallstones. Um, the tendonitis got rid of it, 15-minute treatment. And, and, oh, well, it took us about a day to get ready for the treatment. But then 15-minute treatment, and it was gone. And that was 20 years ago. And it was debilitating. They would have wanted to go in and have surgery, carpal tunnel surgery. But we solved the problem in, in minutes. Because we, because men from the church actually showed me how to do this. 
amazing. How how did I meet up with these men? That's God working in our lives because we take little steps in His direction, in the direction of His kingdom, in the direction of His righteousness, and more answers open up to us. People want to know, how can I own my own land? Well, how can you love your neighbor? Show me how you can love your neighbor. I'll show you how you can own your own land. Will it be a McDonald's approach to it? No. It'll be a Christ approach to it. Now, if your mouth is watering at owning your own land, but not watering at the opportunity of loving your neighbor, I'm probably never going to be able to help you. You have to actually be moving in the direction of God's kingdom and His righteousness. That means you have to care about others as much as you care about yourself. Show me that, and God will show you wonders. This is really very simple. I don't know why people are having a hard time figuring this out. This is what we write about in Thy Kingdom Come, what Abraham was doing, what Moses was doing, how they were operating as a free government under God, how the early Christians were called a viable republic in the heart of the Roman Empire. You cannot be a viable republic on an email group. You have to make physical contact. You have to be patient with one another. You have to be forgiving with one another. You have to be giving with one another. You have to learn to support one another. And how many ministers are out there telling you to learn to support one another? They're usually telling you to support this ministry. But if you don't support one another, you're not supporting this ministry. If you're not caring about one another, you're not supporting this ministry. Because my blessings come from Christ. Because I am preaching the gospel of His kingdom and His righteousness. And you need to be doing the same amongst your own local groups. Because your local groups are who you're going to go to. And by going to your local groups with the intent of helping your local group, your local congregation, and then that congregation repeating that principle, precept, by caring about the next congregation, by doing that, you're coming closer to Christ. And by doing that, Christ will run out and meet you. And you will see the miracles of his kingdom. We're not going to publish the miracles that we see at this time. Because we don't want you to come because you believe by signs and wonders. We want you to come because you believe in what Christ was saying. The two commandments, are those done away with? Love God with all your heart and your mind and your soul. If you do, aren't you going to be doing what he said to do? Why aren't your ministers telling you what the weightier matters are that so you could be doing them? They got you sung to sleep. Wake up, sluggard. Be like the ant. You don't need me as a king. You don't need me as a pope. You don't need anybody as a ruler. Even the ministers you pick, they are to be picked because they're servants, not because they're going to tell you what to believe. Show me the love you have for one another, and I will believe your faith. Tell me you believe in Jesus. I hear that all the time. You need to repent, turn around, go the other way. Because then Christ will meet you halfway. If you're not going towards him, how will he find you? How many times in the Old Testament and even in the New Testament do they warn you that God will not hear you? Oh, Jesus is forgiving me my sins. He died on the cross to forgive me my sins. Oh, yeah? How do we know that he meant to forgive you? Are you forgiving others? How many grudges do you hold? Do you love others? If he will not forgive you unless you forgive others, will he love you if you don't love others? And what do you call loving? Can you love somebody from the pew with your mouth shut and your hands in your lap? Or do you have to get up and go where others live 
and actually show me that love. Show him that love for others. Stop forcing your neighbor to contribute to your welfare at the point of a gun. Stop living by the sword. Start going toward the kingdom. And this begins with caring for one another. Setting up a good Samaritan system would be very easy if we could come together in the congregations of record that we need to have. They have records. How that system works, the Samaritan system works, is that everybody pays in 150 bucks, I think it is, or something like that as a membership, and then you have a monthly premium that you have to pay, but you pay it directly to the people who are in need. And, and they check up. they got to have a letter from your pastor that you're faithful, and da-da-da-da. Well, that's their record. That's their, that's their congregations of record. We don't tell you to leave your local church. We just tell you, you get together and pick somebody who will be your local minister in our congregations of record, and then they in, in touch with other congregations of record. The problem with the Good Samaritan deal is that you tell them what your needs are online, and if you're very good at writing a good sob story, you're more likely to get people to support you. How do we know that you're really needing the help that you're and the medical expenses that you're getting and incurring? If you come together in our network, people will actually say, whoa, don't do this. You don't do that because we can show you example after example after example that this led to this problem, this problem, this problem, this problem. We did this no side effects, solve the problem 100%. That's what we've run into already. You know, solve the problem 100%. Your choice. We're not practicing medicine. We're not telling you what you have to do. We're giving you alternatives. Whatever you do, the testimony of the ministry you pick will verify that, well, you did have these medical expenses. You did have this, you know, we just recently had a car accident uh, where somebody rammed into us three times, totaled a church vehicle, and I was somewhat injured in the, the event, and I'm still not 100% yet. I haven't gone to the doctor. Her insurance company wants me to go to the doctor so that they can uh, have this all taken care of. But I don't want to go to the doctor. <laughs> but it's getting better, and it's healing. And God is showing me a way to heal. I'm not going, you know, and I don't even know that insurance company. Uh, you know, I, I don't owe them anything. They're not a part of my congregation. It, one of the problems we run into with our congregations, and especially with our ministers, they don't want to be a burden to anybody. We have a number of projects, and they're funding them entirely. And we say, well, we got a little bit of money. We can help out with this. And, oh, no, they want to do it all themselves. <laughs> And that's, that's a great, noble thing, but we will, you got to give us a chance to work together and help one another. And, and But everybody's so anxious to do it themselves that I know some of the ministers have put tremendous financial strains on themselves, and I've got to try to convince them not to do that. Help one another. Give each other a chance to help you. Bless us with your needs. And, uh, you know, it's actually a great great thing that everybody's trying to do for themselves. I mean, uh, the stories that came out were there was a couple of disasters and they rode around and they said, does anybody need anything? And everybody was so well prepared that they didn't need any help and they, everybody was kind of disappointed because nobody needed our help. <laughs> but believe me, trust me, there will be plenty of opportunity where you will need to help others. <laughs> So, but that's great that we come with that spirit of wanting to help because that's what you have to help. If you come to the network saying, what can I get out of the network, you come with the wrong spirit, then we probably can't help you. If you come with, how can I help with the network? Ah, there's power in those words because Christ is in those words. Now, Christ didn't come to be served. He came to serve others. Which is better? I mean, these aren't just idle statements he's making. A lady talked about how she was in a church for years, and I, I pointed out that only about 5 or 10% of the people in the church really work at it, and everybody else just kind of warms the pew. And she said, yeah, and it's exhausting. I've helped people and helped people, and all they do is want you to give and give and give and give and give and give. 
because you're not in a real church. They, they don't know if that's alone. You don't work, you don't eat. If you don't do what you can do, why are you even there? You know, my wife uh, gets together with other women and, and they make quilts for uh, uh, kids that are in need and they give them all away. But everybody who comes at that meeting works. They're all making quilts. They're all working at it together and they have a great time doing it. But there's, they're all gleaned from different churches. There's the 5 or 10% that do all the work in the churches that they go to. Because <laughs> they're doers of the word, not hearers only. You guys are supporting hearers only. In a time of affluence, you're not strengthening the poor. You're making them feel weaker and making them weaker because you're saying, oh, you're saved, you're saved, you're saved. And they're not saved. They're not doers of the word. They're not even brothers in Christ. They're not a part of his family because they're not doers. you got to be doers. You have to be doers. Am I saying that or did Christ say that? Not those who say, Lord, Lord, but those who do it the will of the Father. Oh, but that's by works. Hey, that's Jesus saying it. Figure it out. Write it down. He wrote it down, and they put it in the gospel. Be ye doers. Judge according to your works. Get out of the false things, disbelieve, and then, of course, you've got to tie it to me. Get out of that. Get away from that. Run the other way. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and it isn't righteous to sit on your hands when you could be using your hands for good. You don't have to change the world. You have to change yourself. And you should get together with others who are wanting to make the same change because those are your neighbors. Now, you also need to love the stranger in your midst, and that's the red heifer, and we'll talk about that. So, anyway, if you haven't already joined the network while you've been listening to this broadcast, you need to do it. You need to get on that network. You need to start forming congregations of record. And we have, if you go to hisholychurch.org slash outline, there's an outline there, and there's audios that explain about the congregation of record, that explain about... Uh, how this uh, works with the uh, 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 forming the congregations of record and uh, guidelines, etc. It's all based on what the early church is doing, which we explain in that kingdom come and the church is You have to become a Jew. You have to become a speaker of the kingdom of God and his righteousness. That means you have to come to serve, not to serve. Until we meet again, may God you have been listening to the keys of the kingdom with brother gregory of his holy church for more information on the educational ministry provided by his holy church and brother gregory including services counseling lectures books and other audio materials please write to his church at summer lake Box 10, Summer Lake, Oregon, 97640. You can also find us on the web at www.hisholychurch.net.